0: Jewish Audio on Kaban.org Rambam Mishneh Torah Hilchis Matna Anim, The Laws of the Gifts to the Poor Peder Krivvi Chapter 4 There are various gifts to the poor. We learned a lot about Paya. Now he says, Ezehu Leket, there's another category of gift to the poor, which is called Leket. What is the definition of Leket? Leket is the biblical term. Zeh Leket means any produce that falls from the sickle while one is reaping. You reap with a sickle, and then something falls from the sickle while one is reaping. Or, something that will fall from the person's hand if he's not using a sickle. When he's gathering the stalks of grain by hand, and he's harvesting. Or, as he says here, he was gathering several stalks of grain together in his hand in order to cut them with a sickle in the process some fell from his hand. crops encompassed by the hand or by the sickle that fall that's the meaning of leket the who provided that hanayfel achas eshtayim the key here is is that which fell should be one stalk or two stalks ke'echad if 3 stalks or more fell that 's too much to be considered lecketlos on the then all three belong to the farmer it 's not like you say the first two belong to the poor and the third belongs to the farmer. The fact that there's three <coughs> by definition says it 's too much to be included in the category of leket. Furthermore, if grain falls behind the sickle or behind one's hand, meaning that fell when he moved the sickle or his hand back, (coughs) in that case, that's not even of the previous category. Apheloshebelos achas, even one... Grain, a Eneleket, is not called Leket. So it has to be fallen in the normal course of harvesting. And it has to be one or two grains and not three. Bez, Hayeketzer, Bayad. Belay Magal, what if he was harvesting by hand? Without a sickle, Hanayfomitech Yod, Then when one harvests by hand, what falls from the hand is not considered Leket. When somebody pulls out crops that are usually pulled by hand, that which falls from his hand is considered leket. If he was harvesting with a sickle or pulling out crops, something that's usually pulled out, he called Kate off on the other and after he grabbed a handful, or after he grabbed a fistful, he was stu- struck by a thorn, and everything fell from his hand. So is this the lucky day for the poor?" "Hare No. The fact that he got hit by a thorn does not make that which fell leket. it. It just makes it having fallen by accident and it still belongs to the farmer. If he was harvesting, and one stalk is left that was not harvested, but everything around it was harvested. If its tip would reach the standing grain next to it, then it belongs to the farmer. But if it doesn't, then it's a one lonely stalk and it belongs to the poor. If there were two stalks next to each other, the inner stalk could be harvested with the remaining of the grain, but the outer one, can be cut with the inner one, but cannot be cut. With the rest of it because it's too far away. Hapnus needs, then the inner one can be saved. Oma tell asachitzena, and it could save the middle one as well. Shari cannot fellas with the Hamago because it's as if he fell, it fell from the sickle. Viafapishadser, even though it has not yet been cut, but shebekash, Shabikash. Harehein it still belongs to the owner. Hey, Haruach Shepizro Esso Amorim, what if a wind scattered sheaves of grain. And because of the wind, a sheave of grain became mixed up with various grains of leket. So it's one big mishmash right now. We don't know what is leket belonging to the poor. What is this sheaf of grain that got blown by the wind probably opened up? What belongs to the owner? Aimed him, we estimate. Asada, the field, we approximate kama leket, hiruyaase, how much leket a field like this would usually produce Lanim, and he gives it to the poor. Why? Usually we're not allowed to do that. because this is an accident. The what is this measure? Our carbon of the four carbon of twa in an area called a base core it's that fell to the ground.." And for some reason, the poor did not collect it. So here, the Leket fell to the ground, but the poor didn't take it.. And now the owner came, and he made a grain heap on this plot which included the Leket, what he does is he takes his grain heap and moves it, <coughs> and all of the grains, all of the stalks, which touch the ground, they all belong to the poor, because they could have been Leket. We don't know which ones were Leket and which ones weren't, the rule is, when one is doubtful as to whether something is a gift for the poor, it is a gift for the poor. The verse says, you shall leave it. Leave for them that which is yours. Why can't we estimate it? And give to the poor that which a field like this would usually produce Leket-wise, as we said earlier, because he made a move. He went and created a setup of creating a grain heap on their grain they punished him. Whereas before, <coughs> the wind did it and it had nothing to do with him. Even if he was Innocent, even if it was an inadvertent act, <laughs> and furthermore, even if the leket was barley, and his grain heap was wheat, even if he called the poor, and he said, come on guys, take your leket, and they didn't come, even if others made the grain heap without his knowledge, The rule still is that anything touching the ground belongs to the poor. What if somebody has to fertilize his field before the poor got a chance to collect the Leket? So he's going to be dropping fertilizer on the Leket. If his loss of not fertilizing now will be greater than the loss to the poor of the Leket, he may fertilize. <inaudible> but if the loss to the poor, by not getting the Leket, will be greater than his loss for not fertilizing now, also the Rabat, may not fertilize. <inaudible> what if he collected all the fallen grains? <inaudible> and he put it on top of the wall. <inaudible> until the poor come, and take it. That's, even, that's the best case scenario. That's an act of piety, and that's certainly the best way to go. Again, we're dealing with situations. We want to know which ones are grains of Leket belonging to the poor and which ones belong to the farmer. So what if you find grains or other type of kernels found in an anthole? The ants, they bore holes in the ground, and they drag food into it. So what if grains are found in an ant hole? We don't know if that's lekked or not. If the ant holes were in the standing grain, then clearly it belongs to the farmer. Because the poor have nothing to do with standing grain. Because the poor... But have no gifts of standing grain. but if they were in the place where it was harvested, then it belongs to the poor Graruha, because we're concerned that the ants dragged it from the leket part. Ya even though they found these grains blackened, so it means it's old. I mean, we don't say, it's from last year. Because any doubt of Leket is treated like Leket. The poor always have the benefit of the doubt. When one stalk of Leket becomes intermingled with a grain heap, then he has to separate from this grain heap two grains. Two stalks. And he makes a statement. For one of them, he says, If this is leket, (coughs) then I'm giving this to the poor. But if it's not, once the grain heap comes in, the mitzvah of meister kicks in, as we will learn. So the meister that's already kicking in should kick into this Particular stalk with others. And he does the same for the second. And to be safe. He gives one to the poor, and one should be as a tithe. And we're going to learn many more details of tithing to help us understand this application better. Here come some interesting laws. A person should not hire a worker. With the condition that this poor man has a son who is entitled to collect because he's poor. He's going to hire a worker. The worker says, I'll come work for you. I have the reputation as the best harvester in the West. But the condition is my son trails me. And he's poor. He collects all the leket. Is that okay? So he says, no. Because that puts the other poor at a great disadvantage. But, when someone is a sharecropper, what is the meaning of a sharecropper? He takes a share of the crop, and the rest belongs to the farmer. Or a tenant farmer. Or there's another form of sharecropping, where somebody sells his standing grain to someone else, to harvest it, and for the privilege, he gets a certain percentage. Ya Yarab, in this case, he becomes more of an owner, so his son may collect Leket behind him. There's no reason that this man, whose wife and children could be poor, should not bring his wife and children to collect. Behind him, even if they hired him, and his pay was to take half the harvest, or a third, or a quarter, there's no reason that relatives of his should not collect Leket. In the first case, the guy was an employee. In the second case, he's more like a sharecropper. What if somebody does not permit the poor to collect the stalks that were dropped, he shooes them away, he stops them, <speaking in Hebrew> or he allows one and stops another, <speaking in Hebrew> or he assists one over the other, <speaking in Hebrew> this is robbing the poor, because the poor have an equal right to the dropped stalks. Furthermore, a person is forbidden to, ta- to have a lion in his field to scare away the poor. He figures that'll do it, he'll get a real live lion. In order that the poor will see the lion, and they should run away. That is also a violation of the mitzvah. What if there were poor who simply were not? Authorized to take leket. They didn't meet the criteria, as he says later. If the farmer can stop them, he stops them. If not, he lets them go in order to keep the peace. There's a very big mitzvah in Jewish law of keeping the peace. What if somebody declares? The Leket, ownerless, when most of it has fallen. A farmer, an owner, has a right to declare anything he owns, ownerless. And everyone, rich or poor, has a right to it. What if somebody sees there's so much Leket, he wants to declare it ownerless? So now everyone has a right to it, including the rich. Including him. It's not considered Hefker. <laughs> Being that the greater portion has already fallen, Eilei Bereshusi no longer has any control of it, because now it belongs to the poor, it does not belong to him. So that is Leket. Now within Leket, there's something with the grape harvest, which is called Peret. Ezehu Peret, what is Peret? What is the definition of Peret? Peret is individual grapes that fall, which must be left to the poor. That's, in short, the meaning of peret. Ze echad, gargerim, one grape or two grapes, hanifrotim, that separate from the cluster, bishas haptzira, at the time of the harvest. So that's the meaning of peret, one or two grapes. So you have enough one or two grapes, the poor have a lot of grapes what if three grapes fall at one time ain't a that's not peret. similar to the laws of Leket. one stalk, two stalks, yes, three stalks belongs to the farmer, what if he was harvesting and he cuts off a cluster and that cluster becomes entangled with its own leaves, (coughs) and falls to the ground and the cluster becomes separated into individual grapes. So now you have a bunch of individual grapes, why? Because the cluster became entangled with its own leaves. Ein a peret, this is not peret, because it had nothing to do with the process which the Torah describes as what peret is. This was an entanglement in its own leaves. It was a freak thing. If, however, the reaper was harvesting and throwing the clusters to the ground, then when he cleans up the clusters, <coughs> even if there's Half a cluster of single grapes (coughs) that are there. It's still peret. (coughs) Or a whole cluster. And I guess the moral of the story is you shouldn't throw clusters of grapes. If somebody places an entire crust If somebody puts a basket under the vine when he harvests, so that individual grapes fall into the basket, and that way he'll be able to save them for himself or for the farmer. Harezah gezelah he robs the poor, not kosher, because the Torah wants the poor to have access to the individual grapes. So we now learned peret, individual grapes. Now comes the next case, Azehu he, e'leles. What is the definition of the word e'leles? And the simple definition is an underdeveloped grape cluster, which should be left for the poor, as stated in the Chumash. So that's e'leles, something that's not properly developed. Ze'eshkel It's a small cluster that's not thick like ordinary clusters. She ain't it has no shoulder, The ain' a neitfizu alzu, and its grapes do not hang over one upon the other, but they're spread out. Yesh la if it has a shoulder, vein la but they're not hanging over each other. Yesh la for if they hang over each other, vein la koss if it's not a shoulder, hadesh then it belongs to the farmer. In Suffolk, but if we're not sure, lanium, it goes to the poor. So, which means that a cluster of grapes that's not fully developed properly is called alelis. It has to have the shoulder that a cluster has, and it has to have the fact that one grape overhangs the other that a cluster has. And if it doesn't have both of them, then it's considered a leless. If it has one, it belongs to the farmer. What is the meaning of a shoulder? Small clusters connected to the central stem of the larger cluster, one on top of the other. That's called a shoulder. Not what's considered overhanging, grapes connected to the center stem and hanging down. This is provided that all the individual Grapes in the ailas can touch the palm of his hand. <speaking in the language> Why is it called ailov? Because compared to the other grapes, it's like a baby to an adult. Olel is a baby. These are baby clusters. <speaking in the language> it's not that the owner is obligated to harvest the ailes, these underdeveloped clusters and give them to the poor. The owner is obligated not to harvest them. They harvest them on their own, and the owner just has to leave them. And an individual grape, is also an eleles. What if a cluster on a branch, there was a cluster on a branch of a vine, and and there was an underdeveloped cluster on an offshoot of that branch. If the offshoot can be harvested with a the, with the healthy cluster, then it belongs to the owner of the vineyard. If not, it belongs to the poor. So it depends exactly where and how it's situated. What if a vineyard is comprised entirely of underdeveloped clusters? The whole thing belongs to the poor. Do not collect underdeveloped clusters in your vineyard. Even if the whole vineyard is underdeveloped. These two mitzvahs are only observed in the vineyard itself, never with other trees and stuff. The poor do not merit to take Peret and eleles, which means the single grapes and the underdeveloped clusters, until the farmer begins to harvest, which means until he starts harvesting, the poor have no business there. it says when you will harvest your vineyard, don't pick up the grapes. How much does he have to harvest for to allow the poor to come in and get what they deserve? Shleysha Three clusters that will produce a revius of wine is enough to kick in the obligation. When a person consecrates his vineyard, before he becomes aware that there even are underdeveloped clusters, so now the question is, does everything belong to the Besamigdash? Ein ha'elelis That's right. The eleles, the underdeveloped clusters, cannot belong to the poor, because they were already consecrated. But if he already knows that there are these underdeveloped clusters, before he sanctified or consecrated it, to the Ha then the underdeveloped clusters belong to the poor. The Yitnus Khargidulam the And they have to pay a fee to the Temple Treasury for making sure that they grow properly and, and guiding them and so on. Or for their increase in value from the time they were consecrated until they become ripe. That's an additional fee that has to be paid when they redeem them, I believe. Okay. Chav 24, so When somebody prunes a vine, after he becomes aware that there are underdeveloped grapes, what does he do? The idea of pruning, I believe, is where you cut the outskirts, you cut the outside, or you cut around the vine to thin it a little bit, so that stuff can grow better. You're actually taking off grapes in order to make more space for the grapes to grow. So, here, he's cutting grapes. He's not harvesting. This is a process done well well before harvesting. He's being zaymer. He's pruning the vine after he becomes aware that there are alilus. So the question is, can he do that? Because the alilus, the underdeveloped, Grapes, clusters, belong to the poor. So what business is it is to prune it? The law is that he can prune normally. Why? Because you've got to prune. You've got to prune what you've got to prune. Just as he's cutting his own healthy clusters, he can cut their clusters, and uh, it's not personal. So the fact that this will one day belong to the poor does not affect him now. Here's a scenario. A non-Jew who sold his vineyard to a Jew to harvest. And I guess they make a deal between each other. But now it is the Jew's vineyard. Of course the Jew is obligated in the law of Eleilis, in the underdeveloped clusters. What if a Jew and a non-Jew were partners in a vineyard? Then the part of the Jew is obligated, the part of the Jew is exempt. When a Levite was given, the tithe, but it was still Tevel. What is Tevel? Tevel is the state which the grains have when truma is not yet removed from them. So they gave the Levite his tenth, but the truma, the 2% to the Kohen, was not yet given. And we're going to learn about those laws in great detail. But in the meantime, why are we learning about this here? Because the Levi who was given the sir found these aileles, these underdeveloped vines, which don't belong there because they should have been given to the poor. He has to give them to the poor. However, if they can be harvested with the healthy clusters, then he may use them as tumas for other crops, and it can be used as the levies' right. If somebody has, for example, five vines and he harvests them and brings the grapes into his house. im if his intent is that he wants to eat them while they are grapes, pottermina pershi. Then he's exempt from the laws of Peret. He's exempt from the laws of Shikha, the forgotten grapes, or from the fourth year, which we will learn about, because he's eating them as grapes and not wine. But he is obligated to give the underdeveloped clusters. But if he's harvesting them to make wine, he's obligated for everything. Elim Kenshi or unless he left a little portion of that under harvested, in which case he's not obligated for those he picked first, since he's not harvesting but taking the grapes for immediate use. And we're going to learn a lot of details about some of these terms that we didn't touch upon yet. End of chapter 4.